Hey, welcome everybody, wherever you're watching or joining us, at whatever time you're watching or joining us from around the world. It's great to be uh, here speaking to you today. It is the fifth Sunday of August, and traditionally we would have Family Sunday, and we are having Family Sunday today. So I want to encourage you just to really press in. Uh, it has been a great series that we did on temperature check. We're going to break away from that series. Today, I'm just going to preach to you and just share with you on my heart uh, just one individual me message, basically calling Lift Up Our Heads. And uh, the times that we've come into and everything that's taking place in the world today, we've got to lift our heads up. we got to look forward. we got to believe in Jesus Christ. We're going to be talking about, everybody ready for this? We're going to be talking about the end times. I'm going to be sharing with you some two key things about the end times and the times that we've come into so we can see what the Bible says so that you and I as believers can be encouraged and not discouraged in this season. But before we get into anything, let's just go before the Lord in prayer. So would you just pray with me right there wherever you're at and however you're watching. So Father God, we just thank you and I just pray for every person whenever they're watching this and however they're watching this. Father God, that you would just move by the Holy Spirit, Father God. You would go through this camera lens and touch them. The Father God, you would speak into their heart that this word, this message would bring encouragement, would bring life, Father God, in Jesus' name. And we just come against any anxiety or fear in Jesus' name over people's lives. And we just thank you for freedom, Father God, and the warrior spirit, uh, Father God, to rise up on the inside of your church in these last days. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody yell wherever you're at, oh yeah. Come on, somebody. So, uh, uh, it's been a great um, month in the month of August. It has been stinking hot here in Southern California. Last weekend, Pastor Jennifer and I, we went live to our San Diego location. We thought, hey, we'll go down there where it's cool. <laughs> Not. It was about 85 degrees and very humid. But we did enjoy some uh, great food and great company afterwards. And so we had a great time being at our San Diego location. Shout out to San Diego. I want to say shout out to all of our new uh, church family in the heaven. San Jacinto community. Want to be a big shout out to our Temecula Murrieta group and right here in Moreno Valley and Riverside, as well as people that are watching from everywhere, Pastor James and Myanmar, uh, all across the United States. Thank you for being here, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook and joining with us. We want to encourage you, and I, as the pastor, really want to encourage you. If you haven't joined or connected with any of our Zoom meetups and how you get connected here at the church, I want to encourage you to do that. Go to our church center app. I'm sure most of you have figured that out by now. Uh, you can sign up for those. Maybe some of them already started, but just jump in because really it's about connection. Yeah, we want you to grow in the things of God. Yeah, we, we want you to socialize, but we really we want you just to get connected to the body of Christ. It's important in this day and in this time. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we don't have the scripture, I'm just going to reference it for you. It says there's an understanding of the sons of Issachar who had an understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Now, if there's ever a time where we, as the people of God, need to have an understanding of the times on what to do, it would be right now. 
And a lot of things, people are looking at the natural realm, but there's also the spiritual realm that we need to understand and understand that there are spiritual influences that move upon humanity to cause people to do certain things that might not be God's perfect plan, and it might be the enemy's plan, and we need to be aware and understand the times that we've come into. So if you look in the Bible, really there's two main thoughts or th- or ideas that no matter who the writer is or what book you're reading, uh, that there are two big ideas about the end times. And I want to share those with you today. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, this is in the NIV, if you're tracking with me, Matthew 24 and verse 12, it says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. We've used this scripture in a couple of other messages this last month. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And then it goes on to say this, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. And then it says this, and then the end will come. There are two dynamics that we can see here because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most, not just some, the love of most will grow cold. So my question to you today, wherever you're watching is, am I part of the most? We need to examine our hearts. It's almost like going back to the temperature check series a little bit, like where am I? Do I qualify as one of those who maybe has grown cold, but the ones who stand firm to the end, it says in the scripture, will be saved. So there are two dynamics. Number one, the danger of Christians falling away. Now, most Christians will say, well, no, 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 that isn't me, Pastor Troy, I'm not gonna fall away. But it's generally never anybody who thinks they will fall away, but it's the subtle pulling away. And this is the attack of the enemy against the church, the body of Christ, and the time we've come into is he's isolated us into our regions, into our homes. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. There's a reason and a purpose that God wants us to come together. There's also a reason and a purpose where the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst of them. It's sometimes difficult when we've been isolated into our homes or isolated into different regions or different places where we, as the body of Christ, can't come together. Don't tell me that that's not a strategy of the enemy in this season that we're in right now. And we as the church need to be aware and awakened to the tactics of the enemy, the demonic realm of coming against the kingdom of God and coming against the body of Christ in the days that we live in. We cannot be ignorant of his devices. The danger of Christians falling away. I mean, even right now, it is probably, we're, I don't know, 30 minutes into our 9 a.m. or 10.30, and there might even be people just joining, or some people maybe have just missed out completely, and and we don't look at that as a falling away, but it's just one Sunday, and then another Sunday, and then, oh, I just didn't get it, oh, I'll do it later, and all these little strategies of the enemy that pull us away and isolate us, and then here's what he does. He makes you feel bad for missing. And then you feel like, oh man. And then he pulls you away more. And you go, I'm not one of those, but it's the little subtle things that he does that distracts us and pulls us away from our purpose as the body of Christ. Two dynamics, dangers of Christians falling away. And then there's this one, the opportunity of non-Christians getting saved. 
the opportunity of non-Christians getting saved. I, I got a great testimony. Our, our Spanish ministry that's been meeting at our Moreno Valley location, they've been having people get saved every Sunday. How does that happen that someone who doesn't normally go to church suddenly comes to church, receives Jesus Christ? It's because the times that we live in, there's something stirring on the inside of people that says something's going on that's different. And maybe that Christian that talked to me about Jesus coming back and there's going to be a rapture of the church, maybe they were right because a lot of the things I'm seeing now remind me of those things and people are going to start coming. It's interesting. Those who have been in church might fall away, but those who haven't had Christ are now coming to Christ. Two dynamics that will happen in these last days. We can grow cold. Matthew 24, verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, just look around, it's everywhere, the love of most will grow cold. Now, three things on how you can grow cold. Number one, people are distracted. People are distracted. I've heard people say, you know, Pastor, last last Sunday's message, uh, Pastor Isaac, it was really good, but man, sometimes I catch myself just scrolling through Facebook and I get caught up in the chat room and I'm not even actually listening to the message. I mean, we can get distracted if we're in our living room and all of a sudden our kids are over there, they're running around, you're yelling at the kids and you miss out on the message. So it's so easy. And I've been there myself. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying it's easy to get distracted and, 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 and not come together because you're the only one in the room you're in. You're the only one in the house where you're at and you can get easily distracted. We can get distracted with social media. We can get distracted with everything going on. We can get distracted with all kinds of things. We can go, oh, hey, it's Sunday morning. I don't have to go to church today so I can go here. I can go there and we can get distracted and pull away. The third thing or the second thing, people are depleted. People are depleted. It's like, I don't know why I feel tired, but I'm tired, but I shouldn't really be tired, but I feel depleted. I feel worn out. And it's because of the anxiety. It's because of the season. It's because of the unknown. And your your mental fatigue takes place, and all of a sudden you feel depleted as a believer. And then the third one is where people can pull away or the, the love of God grows cold within them because of the wickedness we see is that we get discouraged get discouraged. And, and you know, I, I'm the pastor of the church and I'm leading the, the movement of generations. But can I just tell you, I, I've been a little bit discouraged. So don't feel bad if you've been discouraged because I've been discouraged. You know, it's, it's discouraging to see, man, where's the church and, and, and are people still with us? And, and, and what's going on? Is this really the new normal? Because I don't like this normal. I like other things and I want to move forward. And are people still on fire for Jesus? Because I'm not sure that they are on fire for Jesus. And then you see people that are supposed to be in love with God and they're like posting things on social media that make you wonder if they're even saved, just saying. And so we've got to really understand that sometimes we can be discouraged, but God wants to encourage you today because of the time we've come into the end time harvest. Um, I don't know if you've ever been on an airplane, but recently I was on an airplane and uh, just a little side note, it was packed with people, no social distancing, neighbor to neighbor, shoulder to shoulder, people I didn't know. And you were on this airplane, so it's like, uh, hey, so we can get on an airplane and cram people in, but you can't come to church. Things don't really mix on that. So we're just going to move forward with what we're going to do as a church in these last days. But if you've ever been on an airplane, sometimes if there's a storm in the area, and I've been on these, and these are not fun. These are not fun. The, the pilot will get on. Make sure you buckle up your seatbelt really tight because we're probably going to experience, they call it, they call it bumps. 
but it's not really bumps. It's turbulence, and it's really kind of a, an earthquake in the sky. That's what it really is. And so you're going up, and you're coming up through the clouds, and there's all this herky-jerky, and you're just like, uh. I, matter of fact, on the plane I was at, uh, we were coming down, and it was just one of those bumpy rides, and two people actually got sick. I hadn't seen that in a long time, but it was so bumpy, they actually got physically sick, had to grab the little bag thing, you know, and, uh, and, and they got sick flying. But sometimes, once you get up through the clouds, then all of a sudden you hear that little ding and you look up and the little seatbelt thing has gone off and the pilot will come on. Please, you know, move about the cabin at your own safety, but please stay buckled up when you're seated or whatever. And, and so all of a sudden it's like once you get above the clouds, it's like smooth and above the clouds is God's view. But underneath the clouds, it can get a little bit bumpy. But we need to understand that we've got to press through and fly through. And when you get above that cloud layer, then we see from God's perspective of what's happening in the earth today. Luke chapter 21 and verse 28 says this. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. So I'm going to talk to you today. The title of the message is lift up your heads. Because in today's times, we can be depleted, we can be discouraged, we can be distracted, we can walk around with our head down, we don't know what's going to happen. Hey, but we as the army of God, as the believers representing heaven on earth, we need to lift up our heads, we need to look around, we need to see, not only into the spirit realm, but see what's happening around us. When these things begin to take place, what things, the things we're talking about, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. In other words, Jesus is coming back. So we need to understand that we can be encouraged biblically by the Bible, by the, with the Bible, what the word says and be encouraged in your life. So we're going to look at three things today on the end times on how you and I can be encouraged and see some things. Number one, greatest encouragement, you and I, if you got Jesus in your heart today, if he's the Lord and Savior of your life, number one encouragement, we're going to heaven. No matter what happens on the earth, we're going to heaven. And we need to have that rest and that peace and that reassurance in our hearts. As a matter of fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, there's a few verses here we're going to read. Verse 13, start there. It says, brothers and sisters, so now we know who he's talking to. We do not want you to be uninformed, or another translation would say ignorant, about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind. Notice that. Do not grieve like the rest of mankind. Who have, and the Bible says this, no hope. See, that's something that a believer can have is we have hope in Christ. We have hope in eternal destination. We have hope that we're on our way to heaven. We have this hope, but other people have no hope. We have who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep or they're in the grave. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven and with a loud command, this is amazing, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God that the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, my question is, why the dead in Christ? I'm thinking Jesus like, man, they've been down there long enough. Let them go first. And so they've been in the grave, right? The dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive 
and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds, talking about the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And watch what it says at the end. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. The Bible says, encourage one another with these words. I mean, some people could read that text and go, that sounds scary to me. But if you have the peace of God, if you know that Jesus is in your heart, if you know you're on your way to heaven, then when we read scriptures like that, you're like, hey, I'm one of the ones that's going to go up. And you can have rapture practice, you know, and just kind of get in position when Jesus is going to come and you're listening to that trumpet sound and you're waiting for that time. And you say, yeah, but what about all these other people that aren't saved? That's why we need to tell people about Jesus Christ. That's why we need to tell those that are not saved how to get saved. Heaven is better than the place you live. Can I get an amen? Come on. Heaven is better than Moreno Valley. Heaven is better than Hemet and San Jacinto. Hemet is be- heaven is better than Temecula. Heaven is better than San Diego. Some would question that, but heaven is better than San Diego. Come on, somebody. Heaven is better than Myanmar. Heaven is better than any other place on the planet. It is a phenomenal place of peace and joy. It is not a place that sometimes people think about what the movies have replicated it in. Isn't it interesting, side note, that whenever you see a movie in heaven, you're always going up an escalator? Isn't that interesting? Just side note. So anyway, heaven is better than your city. Let's look at what Revelations chapter 21, verse 4 and 5 says. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more. Everybody say, no more. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. We're talking about heaven. For the old order of things has passed away. He who has seated, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything, watch this, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So we got to get a glimpse of heaven. We've got to get a picture of heaven. You need to understand that we don't go to heaven and just kind of hang out and we're, we're not these little chubby angels with wings flying around with harps. That's not what happens. That's not how it is. As a matter of fact, God actually makes a new earth where there is no pain, there is no cancer, there is no crying, there is no tears, there is none of the things that we've experienced today because God creates a new earth, a new place where you and I abide. That's something to be encouraged in and where we go when we pass away or when Jesus returns. Amen. Look what it says in John. I'll let you get there. John chapter 14 verses one through six. Again, reading this in the NIV. Remember we're on number one point. We are going to heaven. Let me encourage you today. John 14 verse one says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? Now, let's stop just for a second. The very first thing Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And then you might think maybe he would say something like, I just want to encourage you today. But he doesn't say that. He goes into what heaven's going to be like. In other words, don't let your heart be troubled when you see these times. Don't let your heart be discouraged or distraught or angry or hurt or misunderstood. Understand the season, the time, church, that we've come into, and we have to recognize that Jesus starts to say, my father has many rooms. In other words, he gets us to not focus on the natural realm and the earthly realm, and he gets us to focus on, hey, what heaven's going to be like. And he says, he's going to prepare a place for you. 
and I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. So that's good news. We're going to be with Jesus. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus answered, famous scripture, but it was all prefaced on what we just read. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Pretty much every time we share with people about receiving Jesus Christ, I will say that scripture right there. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There are all kinds of religions. There are all kinds of beliefs out there. But the Bible says the only way to heaven and the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. He is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. And if you haven't found him, today's your day. Amen? Uh, when I was a kid, my, my mom, and she's probably watching today, when I would go to, you know, the little churches that we went to in Nebraska, they had this song, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. It was like that. It was one of those. When we all, and they had the tambourine going, boom, 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 boom. I mean, you had to be there, but you know what I'm saying, right? And when we all, in other words, a lot of the old songs talked about heaven and kept our focus on heaven. But I want, you to tell, I want you to know something today. It's not so much about you and I going to heaven, although that's important. It's about us helping other people find out that there is a way for heaven for them and that they need to know about this. Number two, okay, number one, we're all going to heaven. Number two, we are not, listen to this, end times, we are not going to suffer the wrath of God. You know, in these days, you, you, you've heard conversations maybe with people like, man, Pastor Troy, is, is this really like the end times? Is this like, is this the stuff that I've been hearing in church all my life and I didn't know that it actually ever happened? Is this, is this like the end? Is this, are we going to be a part of this? All this violence and all these riots and all this stuff happening? Like, is this it? Is this the end of the world? Am I living in it? People can, you know, especially younger people can start to freak out a little bit because they're like, I'm not even married yet. I haven't even had kids yet. And they're like, they want to kind of live their life. But that's only because we don't have a true perspective of what heaven's going to be like. Because if we get to heaven, we'd be like, I don't care about any of that because of how awesome heaven is going to be. Because all we see is what we see down here, the natural realm. But you've got to understand, God's got great things in store for you. We won't go through the wrath of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. If you look around you today, there's a lot of people suppressing the truth, the truth of who God is, the truth of what's really going on. There's a suppression of truth. And it says that these are people of godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. There is a greater time than we've ever seen about righteousness and unrighteousness. Those who stand for the things of God and righteousness and life and peace, and those who want to tear down righteousness and live an unrighteous life and just let people do whatever they want to do because it's their life. You have to have a basis of truth, and the word of God has to be the basis of truth in your life so that you can know how to make decisions based on truth, not on whatever man thinks is right or wrong. Romans chapter 5, verse 9 says this, since we have now been justified by his blood, everybody say the blood. I know that's kind of crazy. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? So here's the good news. 
The Bible says right here that there's going to be the wrath of God that's going to be poured out because of the wickedness. But then in Romans 5, it says, since we have now been justified by Jesus' blood, how much more shall we be saved, talking about Christians, believers, from God's wrath through him? In other words, Jesus did a deal for us. He's like, hey, God, the Father, uh, can we make a contract that your sons and daughters don't have to go through the wrath? Can we make that a contract with my blood? He's like, yeah, that sounds good. So good news, be encouraged. We won't go through the wrath that's coming upon the earth because of our righteousness through Jesus Christ because of his blood, amen? Jesus made a contract with God on our behalf, on your behalf. And that's good news. First Thessalonians 5, I know I got a, a lot of scriptures today. First Thessalonians 5, verse 1. Now, brothers and sisters, again, about times and dates, we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not... Escape. Now, let me just pause right here because the scripture is talking about how suddenly things are going to happen. Now, I don't know about you, but Pastor Jennifer brought three beautiful daughters into the world, and we knew that there was a birth date or a, you know, delivery date or a projected time right about this area. Probably you'll give birth. But there's not an exact science of the exact moment, the exact time when that baby is going to be born. But you kind of know something's coming when you get about to that, you know, eighth month, ninth month, and she's got the hand on the back of the hip walking around like this, and they're tired, and they got to sit down. You can see the signs, right? The signs. You can see the signs. The baby has dropped. The water has broke. Uh, uh, contractions have begun. You see the signs. There's warning signs that the baby is about to be birthed, even though you don't know the exact day or the exact hour or down to even the exact minute, but you know it's coming. And Jesus is saying to us, hey, I'm coming back. I don't exactly know when exactly. Only God the Father knows that, but there'll be some signs. You'll see that it's coming. And I would say right now, we're seeing some signs. There's some birthing pains beginning to happen in the earth. Let's continue reading. But it says, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others. Come on, church, listen to me. Let us not be like others who are asleep. Wake up. Don't be in apathy. Don't get, don't get in neutral. Get back into your prayer life. Get into your devotion life. If you've strayed away, get back to engaging with the spirit of God and what God is doing in the earth. Get, get up and pray in the morning. Don't forget and get isolated and stray away. Lift up your head. Look up to heaven. What is God's command on your life in these last days, in these last moments? So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, there it is again, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, 
we may live together with him. Here it is. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as the fact that you are doing. The Bible says right here, encourage one another in these last days. When you see these signs, don't walk around discouraged or depressed or in anxiety. Go, man, God picked me for the A-team for the last days and be about your father's business. Amen? Here's the thing. For those who know God, people watching right now, if you know Jesus Christ, if you know God, this is probably about as bad as it gets and it can only get better. But here's the other side of that coin. For those who don't know God, this is about as good as it's gonna get. Because it's probably only gonna get worse. So we gotta help people find Jesus Christ. We gotta help them know that there's salvation in Jesus. We gotta share with our workers that we're working with. We got we to gotta, we gotta get in these chat rooms and on these Zoom meetings and just share with people. Let them know that Jesus is the way. And if they have fear, if they have anxiety, you got the answer. There should be a boldness, the boldness of the lion of the tribe of Judah rising up on the inside of you. There is no greater time and no greater season than to share with somebody about the Holy Spirit and about Jesus Christ in your life. It is easier than it has ever been because all you got to do is point people to the signs point people to the signs. You might say, Pastor, are you trying to talk me into salvation? Yeah, pretty much that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to let you see the writing on the wall. It is very plain, but sometimes people got to be led there to help them see. Amen. Third thing, we'll wrap it up today. We are at the doorstep of a great revival. Historically, whenever crazy things would happen, there was always a great move of God that would come to the earth. As a matter of fact, I got a couple of photos for you. In April of 1966, when all kinds of stuff was happening in the earth, Time Magazine actually put on the cover, Is God Dead? You're probably looking at it right now. This was on the cover of Time Magazine, April, I believe, 15th or 18th edition, 1966, because things had gotten so crazy. There was so much rioting. There was so much anarchy. There was so much stuff happening. The Time Magazine actually put it on the front, Is God Dead? And as a matter of fact, the Soviet Union actually took a rocket up into space, and they tethered each other or tethered the guy. He went out there, and he actually declared that there is no God. Now, I'll tell you something, if he would have let go of that tether, he would have found God real quickly, right? And so we need to understand that there is a God. God was not dead. But even in the times we live in right now, where all the rioting and all the wickedness and all the stuff and all the coronavirus and all this garbage that's happening in our world today and all the evil that we're seeing brought forth in our world today, God's not dead. God is very much alive and revival is about to happen. As a matter of fact, just a few years later, look at this cover of Time Magazine, 1971, says the Jesus revolution. All of the hippies in the 60s found Jesus and they were like running around barefoot and playing their guitars and just going crazy. It's like Woodstock for Jesus in 1971. So no matter what we see happening right now, there must be a response to the demonic realm by God's heaven because there's gotta be a great harvest. There's gotta be a great revival. Now, maybe it doesn't look like we thought. Maybe we thought it would just be inside the church walls, but maybe it's outside the church walls. Maybe God's stirring us up to be the church like in the book of Acts where they went from house to house, broke bread. They did miracle signs and wonders in the streets and thousands of people would get saved. Maybe that's the day we've come into. We just haven't thought it would look like the way we're seeing it right now. John chapter 12, verse 27, my last scripture, says, now my soul is troubled and what shall we say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came 
to this hour. In other words, don't be afraid of what's going on and don't let your soulish realm, don't let my soul be troubled. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Don't let your emotions get out of control. Don't let your emotions take over. Don't let your soul take over, but recognize that you were made for this hour, this season. Recognize the time that we've come into. You and I were called for such a time as this. There's a movement to the world that needs to happen and it needs to happen through you. Not just Pastor Troy, not just Pastor Isaac, not just Pastor Mike and Corky or Jennifer or Kirk and Angel or any of our other staff. It's through you, the body of Christ, that the world is going to see he is the light. Amen? Let's get a look from the clouds, just like God sees a look. Get a perspective of heaven and what heaven is doing. Not just your world, but heaven's world. And reach somebody for Jesus. If you're watching today, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I want to pray with you right now in this very moment. You're not absolutely sure. You're like, well, I think I am or I hope I am, but maybe you've backed away a little bit. You're like, "Ah, I don't know. You don't feel like you're in love with Jesus like maybe you once were. or Maybe you thought just being a good person was going to get you to heaven. Can I tell you the only way to heaven, we read it in the scripture, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. If you've never accepted Jesus, right now is this moment. I'm going to pray a prayer wherever you're watching, however you're watching. I just want you to pray this prayer. If you're sitting there in your house, just pray this out loud. If you got your family, pray this out loud. Pray this prayer with all of your heart. Just say this. Say, Father God, I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe that your son Jesus went to the cross for me, that he shed his blood for me. I make a choice and a decision to choose him today as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you, God that I have become a follower of Jesus Christ this very day, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us and listening to the message today. We're gonna continue with this next Sunday. It's gonna be great. I just wanna encourage you, as soon as we uh, uh, transition, I think Pastor Jay and Angela are gonna come back on. They're gonna give you some information. And if you prayed that prayer today, I want you to follow through with that. We wanna help you on your journey with Jesus. And everybody, let's be the church. Let's rise up. Let's be warriors for the kingdom of God, amen. What a great message from our senior pastor, Pastor Troy Shadi. Lift up your heads. Man, it was encouraging and challenging all in the same. Hey, maybe today you said yes to Jesus today. Maybe you committed your life to the Lord. We are so excited for you. But could you do us a favor? Could you text GC Church to 97000? Again, that's GC Church to 97000. And we can get you all the information as you start this new journey. We want to get you some tools in your hands as well as celebrate with you. To our partners, thank you so much for being faithful in your generosity during this time. COVID-19 has been a challenge for all of us, but you guys have been continually giving to the movement of Generations Church. We just want to remind you of the multiple ways that you can give here at GC. You can text your amount, 84321. Text your amount to 84321, a real simple way. Or you can go to our website. That's generationschurch.tv. Click on the right column, click on the Give tab and follow the prompts from there. But our favorite way to give is on the Church Center app. The Church Center app, you can download it on the App Store, Google Play Store. It's a safe way to give, but also gives you information on the life of our church here at GC. There's so much information available on the Church Center app. If you want to be in the know, you need to have this app on your phone. And you know what the, the number one thing on there right now is? Zoom groups. Zoom groups. All you have to do is open the app, go to GC groups, click on the Zoom groups and pick one. There are so many to pick from for all different topics, 
all different ages. It's just amazing. And it will change your life because community is so important. And right now, maybe we can't meet in person every week, but we can meet through a Zoom group. So you need to join one today. Now, kids, we have not forgotten about you. We haven't. Your service is starting right when we're done here, like in five minutes. But... (laughs) We did want to tell you about something exciting happening tonight. What is happening tonight, Pastor Now, tonight, if you're anywhere in the Moreno Valley area, California area, we're having a worship night at 6.30 on our campus in our outdoor area, the Portico, and we hope that you can come join us. It's going to be a great time to gather together in community and worship God together. 6.30 in our Moreno Valley location. If you're anywhere in the California area, in in our surrounding areas, we would love to have you come join us. It's going to be a great time tonight. Am I right? It is going to be amazing. So we want to see you tonight, but we also want to see you next week. We are so glad you were here today. We'll see you later. Have a great week.